welcome to the Salty Hair Self-Care Conversations. Join me, Claire Fole, as I chat with thought leaders, wisdom leaders and self-care believers as we explore what taking care of ourself looks like. So welcome to this week's Salty Hair Self-Care Conversation, uh, the first that I am recording in 2020. And I don't know about you, but it hasn't felt right this January to say Happy New Year in the midst of so much happening. Happy New Year feels flippant and it it doesn't reflect how I'm feeling. And yet I want to say something to mark the beginning of a new year and the beginning of a new decade. And I guess what it is is thank you for being here. I am really deeply grateful to be in this community with you, uh, to be sharing ideas with you, um, and that I send you my blessings and that we may go through this next year, this next decade together, knowing that whatever happens, we are not alone, that there is that beautiful connection. And as we open this space and we think about that idea of connection, we honour the traditional custodians of the lands where each of us who have been connected to this land since time began. And I would like to acknowledge, to recognise, to respect the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as the first people of Australia. Acknowledging their cultural heritage, beliefs, relationship and connection with this land since time began. I pay my respects to elders past and present and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders have never ceded sovereignty and remain strong in their enduring connection to land, waters and culture. And that I support the Uluru Statement from the heart and hope that this year may be a year that massive leaps are taken towards this happening. So... I wanted to take a couple of weeks to do some solo episodes just to reflect on what I have been thinking about. Today is the last day of school holidays, so the kids have been around for six weeks, which is really a beautiful time and there's some, you know, challenging bits of that as well. The thing that I find the hardest is where is the time for me in that? And I want to put a pin in that and and go back three or four years when I um, was invited, um, challenged to take 10 minutes at the beginning of each day to meditate for 10 days. and. At that stage, I had a really little one. Lulu was only a year or so old and it felt impossible. Um, But I was like, okay, 
for 10 days, I can try this. And I did. And the effect of starting the day off in silence with myself was profound. You may have heard me talk about this um, other times because it was a really pivotal moment, a really foundational moment in my ideas around self-care. Because much more than the act of meditating, what I have come to understand was so important was the act of self-devotion, the act of starting the day off with myself as my top priority. Starting the day off by asking how am I and what do I need and sitting quietly and listening was the really powerful and potent part of, of this meditation. And it forms one of the really the pillars of the self-care that I talk about, which is starting the day off. It doesn't even have to be 10 minutes and can be two minutes. And it might be, it might be meditating, it might be tapping. It might be going to the beach. It might just be lying in bed, just really consciously taking a moment to ask how you're feeling. But that this act is so powerful. That this act says to myself, it says to my family, It says to the universe that I matter, that I count, that I'm making myself a priority. And especially when I had little kids, I don't know if you'll relate, but when I had little kids, I could get to, you know, late into the afternoon and realise I hadn't done a single thing for myself all day. It had been all about the kids' needs and demands, and that that felt really bad in my heart. It felt really claustrophobic. It felt really, it brought up a huge amount of resentment and anger. And by doing, by starting the day off, it's just a few minutes to myself really rewrote that story it meant that if nothing else I knew that I had started the day off as my priority and I know there's days when the baby needs to be fed like that's how the day starts or you get woken up by whatever but it's just something that I want to float I want to put it out there um and just share with you. And, and often it's, it's not particularly pretty. In the really early days, it meant Lulu watching a couple of Peppa Pig episodes. But the trade-off for her watching a couple of Peppa Pig episodes at 6 o'clock in the morning was that I got time with my soul and to myself and that it had 
a huge impact on the trajectory of the day that I had more energy, more patience, more kind of creativity and more kindness going forward. It also meant I had a a greater awareness of how I was feeling. You know, some mornings you wake up and, and you're feeling nervous about something or really sad about something. But it's only if we take a moment to, to stop and tune into that, that that we maybe notice that and maybe even able to support ourselves in that. And so f- this has been something that I've been talking about that I say, when I say talk about self-care, I say if nothing else, spend two minutes in the morning, two minutes in the middle of the day and two minutes at the end of the day. And that, that two minutes at the, middle of the, at the beginning of the day is doing something that brings you peace, that brings you into relationship with yourself. And like I said, that might be having a cup of tea, it might be meditating, it might be going to the beach, it might be having a really conscious shower, like really letting that be a source of nourishment. And I think the two most important questions that we can ask ourselves anytime, but particularly at the beginning of the day, are how am I? And what do I need? That these two questions are really the the centre of how we take care of ourselves. How am I? And what do I need? And so fast forward to these days, um, I am well aware of how powerful uh, it is to do something in the morning for myself and but I don't always do it it's one of those ones that I can't explain to you I know that my day unfolds in a much more creative patient joyful way and yet I don't always do it and as the school holidays kind of went on I realized that a lot more mornings than not I was choosing sleep over time for self-devotion and it didn't feel good I was starting to feel really short-tempered I was starting to say no when maybe I meant yes and yes when I meant no I could just feel myself being really grumpy about things. And none of these are bad emotions. And yet they're not how I want to feel. And they are gentle, loving nudges to ask, why am I feeling this way? And and what has got me feeling this way? 
And the call from myself kept being self-devotion. You need to come back to your self-devotion. Um, and how does that come up? It was a niggle. It was kind of just a, a thought on the periphery. It also was coming up if I was doing some journaling. It came up in two circles that I sat in around the beginning of January. And I know now to take notice of this. And so for the last few weeks, I have been getting up at 5.20 in the morning in order to get down to the beach. Sometimes it's to walk, sometimes it's to journal, sometimes it's to swim, sometimes it's for all of those. Sometimes it's to sing, sometimes it is to tap. Um, and it has been beautiful and profound and just what I needed. And it has deepened me in my devotion to self-devotion. It has deepened me in my belief in it yet again. The other morning I was walking along the beach and out of nowhere I, I started crying. And for 25 minutes as I walked up to North Curly and back, I cried. And it was these really beautiful, clearing tears that just had the space to fall and to flow. And I wondered if I hadn't have walked that morning, what would have happened with those tears? What I'm guessing they wouldn't have come out maybe that day. Maybe they would have been pushed down again. Maybe they would have come up that day and, and that would have, you know, I wouldn't have had quite so much space and quiet just to let them come. And another day I, I sat, I was in a really bad mood when I'd gone to bed the night before. I felt so frustrated, but I knew there was something coming And so when I got to the beach the next morning, I, I pulled out my journal and I wrote for 20 pages, which rarely, rarely happens. And under the frustration was sitting again, sadness. And it poured out all, all these things that I was feeling sad about, lots of endings uh, that I hadn't realised were happening. The end of the school holidays, the end of a beautiful um, year-long mentoring relationship I've had, uh, like preparing to sell our house. And so... I was feeling really sad about all of these. But again, I was so grateful that I had had this time and this space of, of the beach in the morning to, to let that out. And, and I often think of the beach ball, you know, you're pushing that under the water if we don't let these things out. And, and what haven't I let out in the past? And, and he's sitting there and... and does kind of pop up and need to be released in some way. So they're all just interesting 
ideas and noticings um, and just that I want to just share them in case that that resonates with you and I guess where I have come to this week is that I started getting really tired in the evening um, it was interesting I felt more energized in the day if I had been to the beach than if I had slept longer and yet after you know a few weeks of getting up early I was feeling exhausted I was falling asleep on the couch every morning uh, every evening and I was like this that doesn't feel good either and so I took a few mornings just to sleep as long as I needed to and it felt both wonderful to not have to set an alarm and yet I missed the beach as well and then I started getting nervous and I spoke last night to a friend I said I'm starting to feel a bit superstitious about the beach that if I go I'll have a good day but if I don't go I won't have a good day and that doesn't feel like the right intention that that feels skewed and she reflected back to me that it kind of felt fear-driven when I was coming at it from a place of if I don't do this I'm going to have a bad day and I was like yeah I, I, I don't want it to come from a place of fear-driven I want it to be driven because I love doing it not because I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't do it and so we come back to that question of what else feels like that what else feels like that space to myself because it's not only being at the beach which allows that it can be sitting quietly it can be writing downstairs or just taking time to have a cup of tea on the veranda looking at the sun coming up and so I guess that's what I'm exploring is both checking in with my intention when I am going to the beach and also carving out time for myself each day but it not necessarily having to look like going to the beach what else can self-devotion look like and most importantly what does self-devotion feel like because that feeling state is really where the power is that it's about that spaciousness and that quiet and the time to ask myself how am I and what do I need? And so as the school holidays come to an end and the school term starts again, which kind of feels a bit like the year, another beginning of the year, I'm taking these thoughts with me. I share them with you. Um, and I would love to hear what for you does self-devotion look like? Um, and what gives you that sense of space and the space to um, just process and to become aware of what's important and what's bubbling up and, and what your soul has to say to you, which is really what does 
that self-care in the morning look like to you? So I would love you to share that with me over on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and although we can't borrow self-care, we definitely can inspire each other. And I love hearing from you. Um, so I look forward to hearing what that morning devotion to yourself looks like and feels like and that we may weave that into our lives. Thank you for joining me. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining me for this Salty Hair Self-Care conversation. I hope you're feeling nourished, connected, maybe a sense of aliveness the way that talking about ideas does. And maybe, wow, I didn't realise there were other people who felt like this too. If that's you, you may be interested in joining us in our Salty Hair self-care community. We are a group of women who come together each month for an online circle and an online workshop and value a shared sense of belonging and being surrounded by others who are also exploring what it means to take care of themselves. Membership is $40 a month and there's no contracts. Stay for as long as it serves you. I've popped a link below so that you can join us. If you're listening to this on iTunes, I would love you to subscribe, to rate and leave a review to help others find these conversations. Finally, I would love to connect with you over on Facebook and Instagram at Salty Hair Self Care. Until next week, keep weaving joy and peace into your day.